Coming up on the Broke at 40 podcast, today we're going to explore one of the greatest stories ever told. And as you guys are listening to this today, I want you to be thinking about as late in life savers, do you possess everything that you need to know to be good with money? So that's right. We're going to go back in time to perhaps when you were more innocent, when you used to watch this movie and used to dream about what your future could be like. We're going to explore the Dorothy story where she followed her yellow brick road. And you know what, you guys? You can do the same towards independence, one financial brick at a time. Hey, before we start our episode, always remember, if you don't want to be broke at 40 like I was, or if you are broke at 40, stay tuned on a weekly basis where I explore the basics of personal finance and, more importantly, the behaviors that can bring you from broke to brilliance, whatever you think brilliance may be. And as always, this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult with a financial advisor if necessary. My name is Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast. So you may be asking yourself, what is Evan talking about? Follow your yellow brick road. Well, it doesn't take a genius to know that that line comes from one of the most famous movies in American history, The Wizard of Oz. So you guys know I'm a little bit older than you, perhaps if you're in your early 40s and you are perhaps broke at 40, you know, you've been listening to the podcast and you know that Evan, myself, a little bit older, a little bit more established, hopefully financially than you are, so you can help and learn and I can help guide you as you go towards financial independence. And I just want to talk today about The Wizard of Oz and how that really shaped me as a young person. And I hope that it shaped you as well. And we really need to think about what that movie means and what it actually meant for people that listened to it or watched that movie back in the 1930s, late late 30s. Um, and also then, you know, I want to transition to how can this movie help us think about our finances? How can it help us think through everything that we need to know to get to financial independence? So I'll be talking about that. So stay tuned as we go through today's episode. But first of all, The Wizard of Oz was actually created, as you may know, in 1939 by MGM, and it didn't have a lot of success right away. Um, It then was picked up um, with television in 1956 through 1974, where every year it was broadcast on CBS. So you guys might have been born in the 1980s or maybe a little bit younger, but you may have memories like I do, because I'm a little bit older than you perhaps, of sitting around with my siblings and, and anticipating oh my goodness, the Wizard of Oz is on. I can't believe it. It's on again. And we would make this big ordeal out of it. We would have popcorn. We would sit around the TV and we would watch the Wizard of Oz. And I remember thinking while I was watching that, when I was like, you know, eight years old, six years old, 10 years old, I don't think I understood all of the concepts of the film and what it was trying to teach me. There were points where it got a little bit confusing to me, um, I recall. But as I got older, of course, I understood what the story was all about. And, you know, it just became so embedded in our memories that I wanted to share this with you today and talk through the film and then again, anchor it to financial independence. And so we all know the story, the story of Dorothy that is, you know, born in Kansas, 
Liz with her dog, Toto. She's with her Aunt M and Uncle Henry. <clears throat> but Toto then bites the neighbor. And, you know, long story short, uh, Miss Gulch then takes Toto away. And the dog, though, remember, escapes and returns to Dorothy. And, you know, she wants to save her dog. So she runs away from home, right? She runs away from the farm. She runs into Professor Marvel, the fortune teller, remember, that uses his crystal ball to make Dorothy believe that Aunt M is heartbroken. We all remember those images. And then all of a sudden, the tornado comes and it approaches. And so Aunt M and the family, they um, go to the storm cellar and lock themselves in. And remember then, Dorothy, though, can't get into the shelter. She runs into her bedroom and she gets hit in the head because something comes through the window and she lands in her bed unconscious. And then the house is sent spinning in the air and she then, um, it, you know, is whisked up into the sky and we see Miss Gulch, who is transformed, remember, into the witch flying on a broomstick. Okay, then the story goes on and she lands in Oz and we've got the Glinda, the good witch of the North and the munchkins, of course, that welcome her as a heroine. But the house, remember, killed the Wicked Witch of the East. And the munchkins then are celebrating and say, this is great. This is the end of our slavery. But the Wicked Witch of the West arrives, remember, in coming to claim her sister's ruby slippers. But Glinda then transforms them onto Dorothy's feet. <clears throat> Enraged, the Wicked Witch of the West then swears revenge on Dorothy and she vanishes. Glinda then tells Dorothy to follow the yellow brick road to where? Yeah, the Emerald City, where they can ask Oz for the directions for her to return home. But on the journey, you know, she meets the scarecrow who wants a brain, the tin man who seeks a heart, and the lion who wants courage. Yeah, so she invites them along the way. And of course, the Wicked Witch tries to, you know, make her fall asleep, remember, in the flowers and all that. And, you know, it's just, you know, tries to get her to stop going to see the wizard. And of course, they finally get to Emerald City. They meet the wizard, remember, who is a giant ghastly head. Um, and he agrees to grant their request, but only if the they bring him the witch's broomstick. Okay, then it goes on and on and on, where then we see the, um, you know, they, they wake, make their way to the witch's castle. The witch sends her winged monkeys to capture Dorothy. And Dorothy is captured, remember, and brought to her, and the witch tries to take off the slippers. But after they harm her, she realizes the slippers will only be removed if Dorothy's life ends. She turns over the hourglass, full of the Blood red, blood red sand and leaves Dorothy to die. How terrible. I remember watching that and being really scared during this part of the film. Toto escapes and leads the three friends to the castle, though. They ambush the guards, donned in uniforms, and they free Dorothy. The witch and more of the guards then remember surround them around the castle. The witch then sets fire to the scarecrow, causing Dorothy to toss a bucket of water on him, inadvertently splashing the witch who melts until only her black witch outfit remains. The guards rejoice and they give Dorothy her broomstick. Upon their return, the wizard stalls to fulfilling 
the promises, remember, until Toto then takes the curtain back, exposing the wizard as a con man, right? And then he admits to them, he says, I'm a good man, but a bad wizard. He then gives the scarecrow a diploma, the lion a medal, and the tin man a ticking heart-shaped clock, helping them see that they really already possess the qualities that they were searching for. That's very important, yeah? We'll talk about that in just a minute. Now, he offers them to take Dorothy and Toto home in his hot air balloon, revealing that he is also from Kansas and was originally that carnival showman before his balloon escaped Kansas and brought him to the Emerald City. Then, as Dorothy and Wizard prepare to depart, the wizard places the scarecrow in charge of Emerald City and the Tin Man and Lion as his aides. Toto then, remember, sees a cat and leaps from Dorothy's arms. As Dorothy pursues Toto, the balloon, though, departs with the wizard. <laughs> Glinda then appears and tells Dorothy that she has always had the power to return home using the ruby slippers. As Dorothy then bids the scarecrow, the tin man, and lion farewell, Glinda instructs her, as you can remember, to tap her heels three times and say, there's no place like home. So when she does then, she awakens in her bedroom, surrounded by her family and friends. Everybody dismisses the adventure as a dream, but Dorothy insists that it's real. And she says she'll never run home away from home again and declares there's no place like home. So there you go. That is the story that we have been taught through the years of our youth, right? When we're young children and we're watching this story, it really is such a great story about teaching children and young people that we really do have what it takes to find whatever we're looking for in life and also with money. So as I thought about the movie and creating today's episode, I wanted everybody listening to me today in this story time to really think about your path and your yellow brick road that you could actually create. So let me segue now into talking through what I mean. You guys know a couple weeks ago, I believe it was, I dropped an episode on J.L. Collins and the simple path to wealth. And I gave you my review or my thoughts, if you will, my reactions to some of the most important things from that book that he taught his daughter. <clears throat> and so um, I started thinking about the illustration on the cover of the book. I don't know if anybody's ever talked about this before, but the illustration, if you look at it closely, it is a road and it's, it looks like a brick road. And so I don't know if that was intentional or not, or not but it is a, a symbol for us visually. If you ever see a road, the road less traveled or whatever you want to call it, the yellow brick road, whatever works for you as you think about your financial future is what I want you to think about today in this episode. And if it helps you to think about Dorothy and her survival skills and the, you know, the scarecrow and the lion and the tin man that already possessed a brain, a heart and courage, then you should be able to look at yourself and say, I can take my financial destiny into my own hands. I already possess everything. 
So again, back to J.L. Collins, when I was looking at that image in that moment, I thought I wanted to create this story time for you, again, that all of us can follow our own yellow brick road. So let that be a symbol for you as I talk through this content. And let that be a symbol for you that you guys, as you know, can get to wherever you want to be as it relates to money. So let's just take a few minutes and talk about the bricks that create the foundation for us as we move forward. So for example, we could have yellow brick number one, which would be maybe we build our emergency fund, you know, back to the basics of personal finance. So if you're listening to this episode right now and you don't have your eight month emergency fund quite yet, then that most likely should be your number one goal as you're pursuing financial freedom. You really have to have an emergency fund ready for emergencies that come your way. If you need something, then you'll have that money set aside not to be invested in the market, not to be in mutual funds, not to be in VTSAX, but in perhaps a money market to where you can just let that money sit. <clears throat> Excuse me. The goal of that money is not to earn interest, as you know. It's to be there if you need it as you go throughout your life. And you always want to back fund it and build it back up. Some people think you should have a maybe like a year of you know money set aside, um, especially as you get later in life and you're ready to retire, which may not be where you guys are right now. But you could have several years in cash to help you get through bear markets. I'll be talking about bear markets in an upcoming episode. But, you know, number one, then your first yellow brick could be, for those of you listening to this, is to get your emergency fund up. And all the while, by the way, you guys, these bricks that I'm going to be sharing with you, you would also want to be paying down your debts if you have debts. I know many of you listening probably have $10,000, $30,000 of credit card debt. If you do, you should be building or you know putting money towards that to bring it down to zero as quickly as possible within the constraints of your bigger picture of what I'm talking about here. It may take one year, two years, three years. That's okay. But that would be your goal, the trajectory to get the credit card down to zero. And please stop using your credit cards. Okay. If you're using your credit cards, just stop and, you know, build your emergency fund up and use that for needs instead of once. So the second yellow brick that you could be building or laying down the foundation. So yellow brick number two may be for those of you with a 401k, you might want to, you know, invest into the, up to the company match. So make sure you're not giving up free money, as you guys know. You don't want to do that. So if your company that you're working for today offers you a 401k, make sure you go to that and you do at least the company match. That's very important because you may be in a situation where your company is going to pay you at the same time for those matches. So look at your plan and be sure you're doing that because if you're not, if you're taking that money instead and paying off debt, that's great, but you're losing the opportunity to have your company pay money into your 401k. And that's what you really want to do if your company 
is providing a match. Yellow brick number three, as you guys have heard me talk about all year over the Broke at 40 podcast is you would probably want to open up a Roth IRA. If you're not familiar with a Roth IRA, go ahead and Google it. You'll read all sorts of information about the benefits of a Roth IRA. I've done maybe one or two episodes on those benefits. So make sure you open up with a discount brokerage, a great Roth IRA, and then you select mutual funds within that Roth IRA. If you need help from an advisor, then you can do so. Um, But you would want to make sure that you're investing into the Roth IRA and into mutual funds that are going to grow with the market over time. Yellow brick number four, you've heard me talk about that as you go forward. Now, remember these steps, these bricks, this foundation that you're laying on your yellow brick road can perhaps take one, two, three, four years. So always remember that. I'm not saying do all of these all at once. Nobody can do these all at once. It takes time. So you're doing them in succession, but you're also navigating and saying what is most likely available for me in terms of funds that I have above taxes that I pay and above the expenses that I pay, which as you know, your expenses should be as low as possible. So then if you are at a point then, let's say after two or three years, yellow brick number four could represent then going back to your 401k. Now that you've opened up the Roth IRA, and by the way, it might take you several years to finally max it out. So when you do your research, make sure you know exactly how much you can put in to that Roth IRA. Like for me, I'm over age 50. So I think if memory serves me correctly, it's about $7,000 I'm putting in there. Sounds about right because I have catch up contributions. And so I just divide that by 12 and then I dollar cost average in into those uh, uh, buckets of money, if you will. So let's say it takes a year or two to max that out. Then you go back to your 401k and you say, you know what? these past several years have been really great. My company has been giving me increases. You're smart. You're a broke at 40 lister. You're not going to spend those on vacations and things. Yes, you're going to give yourself little vacations here and there. But remember, the primary reason for your income is not your expenses. Your primary reason for your income is to fund the engine that you guys are creating. So always let that be on the top of your mind. So it could be that you now go back to the 401k and you say, okay, the government allows me X amount of dollars to put into that 401k. So why not go and increase the percent of your paycheck then slowly over time, one year, two year, three year, until finally it's up to a point where that percent then represents the total dollar amount that you can put in to the 401k, right? That's so important. Like right now, I think from my paycheck, you can go back to some of my episodes and I talk through that. I think I'm at 27% of my paycheck. Remember, I get a bonus as well. So there's bonus money going into there. Um, But from my paycheck, I think the 401k right now is like 27%. And I know if I take that number and I multiply it by 26 pay periods, then it equals the total dollar amount that I can put in to that area, to that bucket, right? And I actually go into the Roth IRA of a 401k. If your company offers that, that may be a good deal. Maybe not. You may want to talk to somebody about that, but those are options that you can educate yourself on. But the basic bricks that we're talking about here, the yellow bricks that you're laying as your foundation is that you want to take advantage of those 
vehicles, right? So max out your 401k. Now, let's say several years go by, you're continuing down your yellow brick road towards Oz, you're going towards the Emerald City, which could represent, as you know, the financial independence that you might be seeking. And so if you have then money coming in, again, let's say it's five years later, 10 years later, it took you all of those years to do these first four bricks. That's okay. It also took you these four years, perhaps, to bring your credit card debt down to zero or whatever consumer debt you may have. Your mortgage loan, you might want to keep there, as you know, and pay that, if, especially if you're going to be perhaps selling it and it's not your final home that you want to be in. There's lots of discussions we could have about that in perhaps another podcast. But you're concurrently then, as you know, through these steps, bringing your debts, especially your consumer card debt, your credit card down to zero, okay? And step number five then finally here in the yellow bricks that I'm laying down is this foundation for you for your future is you would probably want to then open up a taxable account at that point if you have extra money then coming in. So again, let's say it's four years later. We're four years later, five years later, you get really great raises from your company. Maybe you switch jobs, you go to another company. That's great too. I never did that. I took a different path, as you know. I just stayed with the company that I'm with now for what, 23 years, and then they've been very good to me. So, you know, you have to assess your situation, and it may be best that you do jump jobs and you find another job. People have made really great strides in income potential. You really have to weigh the pros and cons of that. I went down one path one road, you might be going down another. Um, but ultimately though, let's say you've done all of these things. You've got your emergency fund. You did your company match. You opened a Roth. You maxed out the Roth. You go back to the 401k. You max that out. Now you have extra money still coming in and you're looking at your build a budget and you're saying, I did get these increases over the past several years, right? And I look at my budget after taxes and everything and I say, okay, I have an extra $2,000, maybe $3,000 at the end of the year. I have my fun money. I'm you know, living my life. I'm having fun. But you finally get to this point as you're going towards Emerald City here. And then you say to yourself, I'm going to open up a taxable account. So the taxable account has no contribution limits on it. So as you then get more and more money coming your way, as you are working for your company and you're making them you know, once you or, you know, um, uh, you value, they value you more than you value them, perhaps. Actually, it's about the same, but you get where I'm going with that. Um, they need you, right? They need you. So that's great. That's a great place to be. And you have this extra money, then you put it into the taxable account. And again, the contributions in there, you can continue to put in money in there. Now, I want to pause for a minute, though, and talk about for these five bricks that I just laid down here, these yellow bricks in your road that you're creating towards financial independence, you may, as I said just a minute ago, talk to somebody about, you know, what are the um, assets that you want to put those monies into? What mutual funds? Is it going to be the VTSAX that we talk about in the financial space? Perhaps. But, you know, could, could be some bond funds as well. So those are all personal decisions and things with personal finance that you need to really research for yourself and think about what is the best for you. 
But what I'm laying down here on this brick road are the foundational elements, the bricks that you would want to lay as you go towards financial independence. So that's what I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Broke at 40 podcast in this story time episode where we look back over The Wizard of Oz, one of the greatest films of all time. And if you really think about the premise of the story, the premise is that Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Lion, and the Tin Man already possessed everything they needed to get what they wanted. They already had a brain. They already had a heart. They already had courage. And they knew um, that, especially Dorothy, that she could find her way home all on her own. And the catalyst to that was the good witch Glinda that said to Dorothy, with the red ruby slippers, all you need to do, remember she says to her, is click them three times. So if you guys have to stand up and close your eyes, put on some ruby red slippers if you need to, and click your heels three times, then by all means, click your heels three times and know that you guys possess everything that you actually have to have to find your way through the yellow brick road. You have everything you need to lay down that foundation to get to where you want to be. So as I leave you today, I want you to then click those heels three times and say to yourself, there's no place like home. So I'm gonna leave you like I always leave you. I want you guys to make it your mission to walk with me to wealth. I appreciate you, I believe in you, and I congratulate you for every step of the way. Alrighty, that's gonna do it for another episode, everybody. Hey, I've got a favor. If you've got a friend that's struggling financially at any age, please share this episode with them. Let them know that I went from broke to a million dollar net worth in just about 14 years. And if I can do it, anybody can. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. What do I always say? It's okay to be broke at 40. It really is, but not at 50 or 55 now that you found us. You can change your financial destiny. I'm Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast.